welcome to Bullet Points Industry Minute, your inside pass to the business of fun. My name is Reed McCarter. I'm the uh, editor-in-chief and uh, CTO. We have a CTO at frameratehunters.biz. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Edward Smith, UK correspondent, uh, editor-in-chief, senior staff reporter, and social media manager for nerdswamp.biz co.uk ed how are you um i'm really good thanks for having me on uh yeah i'm i'm co-editor of nerdswamp.co.uk i'm i'm also the seo the rss and the uh brb <laughs> i think it's i think you're thinking of the b2b no brb brb b2b um those business terms don't matter right now because we are here for a special episode to talk about uh, a B2C operation, not a B2B operation. That's right. We're talking about, or maybe it is a B2B because it's, it's a definitely tangent. A, and are gamers it, businesses? Are gamers businesses? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I don't. I mean, I'd have to see their q4 results to determine whether they were businesses um what i'll do if they're not here now when my children get home from school game school i will ask to see their financial results and if they can produce them then i can ascertain whether or not they are businesses yeah you want them at least declaring over uh you know what, what would it be in pounds oh in pounds sterling but i, it, I but don't at least... know i only measure these things in bitcoin it would be three bitcoins would it be a thousand bitcoins Mm, depending on the Uh, day yeah i I don't know depending on the hour specific hour yeah i've incorporated all of my children i think that was something that um that i thought was very important for for little link and and you've got a lot haven't you You, you've got like quite a, a solid portfolio of children i do i have a full baker's dozen um, most of them produced during the last console generation, so they're they're quickly becoming obsolete. Um, they're growing older, so the uh, the cuteness uh, polygon distribution is is sort of dispersing. Uh, the writing quality is is getting it's a bit too hostile. It's not the fun factor has gone has gone down. Mm. Um, but yeah, a, a full baker's dozen. Um, you know, we'll see how they do. We'll see what kind of returns we get on those. What kind of ROI we can look into as as time goes on, mm. and we, we you know we can talk about my kids and what they've been playing, and and being a dad gamer another time. I think the big thing here, the the reason that we uh, we convene this meeting, is the biggest event of the year uh, has has come about. We talked about it, our, our predictions, the sort of insider scoops we'd gotten. On our last podcast, but but this one, E3, the Electronics Entertainment. What's that last E? Uh, it's Electronics Entertainment uh, Erectile. No, that's not right. It's Erectile, Erectile, Erectile. I think is actually <laughs> the with the E three. It's el- I think it's, it's just, I think it's just ecstasy, ecstasy, ecstasy. 
Well, sort of certainly what it feels like, even if it doesn't stand for it. Everyone eats um, eggs. Uh, egg, everyone eats Eggman. <laughs> that's a that's a Sonic the Hedgehog poll right there. Uh, so E3 was was held last week. E3 2019. Um, Ed and I this year uh, flew down in the the uh, bullet points uh, coach seating, and we flew down to LA together. Uh, we put on our our hats. Uh, we did this fun little joke where at least you know i was wearing one i made one for ed but his head it was too big for the hat so it, he didn't like it that much because remember it just kind of sat mm, on yeah, the top of your head it was top, yeah. like yeah just like a little like a cartoon of like a uh, you know everyone uh, euthanize the elderly hmm. well let's not bring politics into our descriptions of what e3 is ed uh, little fedoras and they said press on them and we thought that was cute because, you know, because we were there to do journalism. Do you remember that? Uh, no, because uh, by the time that we had arrived, I had blacked out on Monster Energy. Um, deal with it. And uh, there, I, I remember getting into my E3 apparatus, um, which is an enormous... It's, it's like a sort of... If you imagine the sort of wireframe that's inside an umbrella mm-hmm. and then sort of invert it and fasten it around your neck and then at the end of each uh, uh, like strut or, or, or prong or spoke is a, a, a 32-inch HD television set mm-hmm. uh, and those are connected to uh, a Nintendo Switch playstation 4 and an xbox one which i'm carrying behind me in um uh, a sort of wheelbarrow and then there's i have on my back in i I wear a backpack that's got one power generator on uh, in in the backpack and then in on the front in a sort of papoose i've got a wireless router Mm -hmm. and um around my neck uh, I've got all three of the controllers sort of dangling, so they're just at kind of perfect hand height. Um, and that's, I, I sort of, because, you know, I when I'm, when they're releasing new games, that doesn't mean that I want to fall behind on playing games. You have a pretty, you have so, a big backlog. I have a huge backlog, yeah. I have a huge backlog, but the papoose is pretty big as well. <laughs> and... That's how I that's how I maneuver around E3. It it can be a little cumbersome. Um, I arrived on the I arrived on the Thursday, and then by the time I had reached uh, the 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 turnstile where you go in, uh, it was th- it was the following Thursday. But uh, I did manage to keep up with most of the show on uh, Twitch. Uh, although the internet was a little spotty in in the in my in the papoose. Yeah, and I you know I don't feel great about the fact that that I left you, but I I had my switch in handheld mode, so I think I was able to mm. sacrifice maybe some of the fidelity, the big screen, the quality, the more comfortable controller. But I did get to see uh, sort of uh, a further removed view of of a lot of what was being shown there. You though, I see. I think this is interesting mm. because we we sat in a in a a barcade after, and we ate chicken wings, 
and uh, remember we, we sort of talked mm. and, and you noticed details that I didn't notice. So you weren't quite getting the full picture of the press conferences, which, which I saw sort of in their totality. Uh, but, but you noticed a lot mm. of fine details such as, you know, the, the, the thread mm. count on items of clothing and uh, just mm. sort of the, the, uh, the, the wrinkling of faces. Well, I noticed that, I noticed that Eve Guillermo's nappy uh, was bigger than Shigeru Miyamoto's. Now, you, you remember that last year they appeared on stage with those big toy plastic guns mm-hmm. in a sort of display of, you know, playfulness and frivolity. Mm-hmm. That was fun. And uh, gate game it, it was fun it, you know that gamer camaraderie you know we're all we're all children at heart we all love we all love play with like a capital p mm. um this year i was impressed that they took it one further and rather than just appearing on stage with toys uh the the two grown men who make millions of dollars every year were, were on stage wearing nothing except um knitted bonnets uh little little booties uh nappies and um, playing with uh, building blocks. Uh, and I was quite impressed that whilst they were kind of rolling on their backs, dribbling and, and gargling and pissing and shitting themselves, uh, the, two, the two adult men nevertheless managed to use the building blocks to spell the word profit. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, you know, and that, that, was a, that, was a real, that was a real flag in the ground, I think, for what game culture means to all of us. It was, and it was fun. It was humanizing, you know, and it. It was. It was humanizing. That was one of my highlights. I think is I like seeing that thing because you know it used to be, and God knows we're we're occasionally guilty of it. Of you know, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo. Who's who's the best? And this was you know, uh, two senior citizens, uh, just sort of debasing themselves in a very controlled, calculated manner. For, for us and mm. and uh, it made me feel good it made me feel better about a lot of things um, what did you what did you think of the Bethesda conference and the McCarthy-esque show trials of non-gamers I thought that was I have to admit I thought their definitions were a little bit too rigid you know I studied at the, uh, uh-huh. the gamer bar and I think I think mario uh mario tennis is a a legitimate video game Mm. and they had the cutoff point set around there mario party i think fringe case there fringe case but i don't know and no so that made me a bit uncomfortable i did enjoy though the sort of the the speed and the efficiency of the executions i think they were they were Mm -hmm. handled in a way that was it just sort of logical, and I, and I really like that. I think it was they could have lingered on the spectacle more, but it was good to show this is a company that's not interested so much in in trying to spin your head around with promises and and, and big flashy things that may never materialize. It was just guilty, uh, dead, guilty, dead, guilty, dead. N- nothing, nothing mm-hmm. more than that. So I, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I, I like that. And- I'm, I, 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 I met a really cool indie developer called Arthur Miller and he's just made this really great game about witches mm-hmm. um, and that was, that was nice to play as well yeah what was that called uh, Salem full colon 16xx that was the one yeah yeah 
yeah no that looks promising <laughs> that looks pretty good um but should we get into this because we did want to do something this year that we weren't we didn't do it last year because we went uh on behalf of of other publications and um yeah we, we were doing the industry minute at this at that point and we we did report on the event but um god i i was i can't even remember where i was uh, editor-in-chief of there was four or five last year that i i, uh, I think i went to I think you were working for Fecal Gamer, um, and the, I think I was at uh, I think I was at Scrotum. Right, right. That's part of the Viscera network when we were both there because we had to use the same invoicing mm. system. Remember, it took a while to figure that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but so last year we we didn't really get to we were awarding uh, and and reporting based on other publications, but this year, you know, Industry Minute has kind of as as we knew it would once we started to really kind of hit hard here and bring our combined centuries of experience in this industry to bear um, a lot more notoriety. So so we went this year representing the industry minute itself. And so accordingly, we had uh, stickers made up and they said uh, best best of show 2019. And mm-hmm. uh, they mm-hmm. they showed, you know, a, a stock ticker going up and uh there was a, a smiley face emoji the one with the thumbs up as well and uh we we gave those out mm-hmm. to two games that we we thought were sort of exceptional and kind of uh really innovative products that we, that we think are really gonna just just devastate the charts just just tear them to shreds uh and mm. they're just gonna innovate the hell out of this industry so did you want to did you want to <laughs> they're going to innovate it to fucking death well yeah i mean that's what we're looking for right we're looking for i mean that's what we're looking for that's when we get to our game of the year awards Mm. we're just looking for just uh unholy displays of innovation just gonna spray spray fucking innovation all over it that that's what we want in an ip yeah yeah so so Ed, have you ever? Have you? I, look, I, I'm sorry. This is a slightly personal question. Have you ever? Have you ever innovated too soon? <laughs> uh, I prefer. <laughs> I, so, I sometimes. Pref- in, I sometimes innovate when I'm asleep. I'd prefer not to answer that. I'd, you know. Uh, sure. I think sure. Sure. There's a time and a place to talk about personal things, and I think that's Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Two other colleagues and. Uh, I'd prefer not to get to get too far into that right now. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, the 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 most innovative products we saw. Who did you award yours to? And I'll, I'll go after you because, yeah, I, I hope we didn't pick the same one. I, I, uh, I well, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, so I I innovated all down my leg when uh, Square Enix announced Final Fantasy VII Remake Remastered. Um, which is due for release in 2026, and I think it looks like a a, a big improvement on Final Fantasy VII Remake, mm-hmm. which is um, which is the first the first Final Fantasy game. It's weird that for me that they've so you had Final Fantasy. What well, the first one I think was Final Fantasy uh, 13, and then there was Final Fantasy 13 two. 
and then there was Final Fantasy fourteen and I think fifteen, and now they they now they've released one that's called Seven. Um, Seven remake. I don't know if that's Japanese. Seven remake. I don't know if that's a Japanese word or something. Um, but I I think it looked really interesting. The remastered version. I think it it was what I liked about it was the fact that you know how you know how games are not just sounds but also pictures. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I liked how it had sounds and pictures in in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I did as well. So I have to ask you a quick question here. Yeah, did you ever play? There was this old game, and it reminded me a lot of it. And it was on. Oh God, PlayStation One. So that right. was back when. Yeah. And then I I reviewed that, gave it a ten out of ten. Uh, oh, you mean Final um, Fantasy V two V V I I V V uh, Final Fantasy Vi Vi is that how it's pronounced? Yeah, it was Final Fantasy now, Vi. Did you remember that one? Because I thought this this one you're talking about remake remaster looked seven remake remaster looked a lot like it. It looked like maybe. See, I know you thought it was very innovative because of the the sort of the sounds and the pictures of it all, but yeah. I thought maybe it looked a little like they were kind of going back to the well on 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 some old IP there. No, that never once crossed my mind. No. No. Is he... No. Not there not, was something about them. There was, was there. There was nothing about it that made me think this is a waste of time. No, I mean, the sounds and pictures were, they weren't the same, but the characters looked... The the what, sorry? They looked, the 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 NPCs and, and, the, oh. and the party members, they, they looked a little bit sort of similar to me. There was the one who had um, uh, spiky hair. But see again though, so now I'm wondering. I'm doubting myself if this. Yeah, I, I don't is know. Something I mean, it that lo- it's just like, are those series trademarks now? Uh, I wouldn't worry about it. I'll just buy it. Yeah, I guess we cross that bridge when we come to it. So yeah, for you though, it. that was that was was, was there anything else kind of next to that, a runner up or anything like that for you? Uh, the only other one that I was uh, I quite like was Doom Eternal because um, it lasts forever. Um, yeah, which that's... I thought was quite innovative. You you have been saying for a long time you want um, a beautifully crafted video game that is also a roguelike, procedurally generated that will last you forever. Yeah, but how are you going to fit that into your backlog? Uh, what I imagine, what I imagine I'll do, probably, is um, I will probably have to hire somebody to play the backlog for me, and then pretend to be me. I will probably, I will probably get one of my freelancers, and 
have them surgically enhanced to look exactly like me, get them to play the backlog, mm-hmm. and then sort of take... I'll invent a camera that is recording their... Mm-hmm. Bra- I don't know, Reed. I'm going to have to find some way of doing it. Well, yeah, but I, I think you can do it. I think... I think if it's if it's something you're prioritizing, I think it's a good thing. And maybe you can launch a uh, spin-off website just devoted entirely to that mm. one. You know? Um is there, is there anything else you want to make note of or or should I go on to to mine? Um they had they uh I noticed that they um the Pepsi, the Pepsi was good this year. They had nice Pepsi at E3. Now, how did you drink Pepsi? You know, how how did you work that through the the the, the gamer chassis? Oh, through my uh, through my apparatus. Mm. Um. So it, it is quite complicated. So basically, uh, because uh, basically I can't get my arms up to my mouth when I'm wearing it okay mm. so I can't really feed myself uh, at the same time the the sort of radius is so large and wide that basically it's impossible for anybody to approach me and get within about 18 feet okay it is it is very mm. it is very wide um, so the only way that. the only way that the only way to sort of um, uh, come within any sort of intimate proximity of me is basically uh, from above so um one of my mm-hmm. freelancers i had i had him attached to uh, a sort of harness and uh he would what he was he was in the sort of rafters of the convention center and uh any time that he saw me make a, a a special signal he would basically i had another freelancer just sort of lower him from the ceiling with um with drinks and uh sandwiches and he would just sort of part i wouldn't we didn't make eye contact i didn't speak to him i would never break eye contact from the screen obviously because there was a lot to keep track on at e3 so he would just sort of Mm -hmm. very very slowly descend uh like pass small pieces of um uh sandwich and and crisps and uh you know energy drinks and pepsi into my mouth and then would just very subtly retract back into the ceiling. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 how I did it. I don't know. I don't know where he is now. He could still be up there. Possibly. It was pretty high up. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty high up. Um, so for you, I think everything then was uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Remaster. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Doom Eternal, and the Pepsi, and the uh, the Pepsi. It was that that was Fountain Pepsi. It was, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah it was with the little ice pellets yeah. in it. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Now I see. So what I did, I was I was blown away by something, and I talked to you a bit about it, but you weren't quite as interested as I was. But I think this is the next big thing. I think it's it's. Uh, it's it's sort of a pseudo reboot of a, a franchise that's incredibly popular, and I think people are just going to go, just going to go nuts for this one. 
Um, reaction online was extremely positive as well. Uh, Tom Clancy's extraordinary rendition. You remember seeing that at the at the Ubisoft uh, presentation, and it was the game where it is sort of a, a co-op kind of RPG shooter kind of thing, like like they've been doing in, in the vein of you know Wildlands and Division. But this one I think was really interesting, is that you're in plain clothes the entire time, and so the the mission starts and it gives you a map of the world, and you can see these. Um, these sort of uh, U.S.-backed uh, right-wing governments, and you can find where there's rebellions or, or sort of peaceful, even just peaceful protests underway, and you you come in on these these helicopters, so it's kind of like a Metal Gear Solid kind of thing, and you you select the zone to drop into, and you blend into the crowd with up to three other people, and then you you just you just grab some of these uh, protesters or or uh, you know dissidents and and you, you put a hood over their head and then the fun part is you gotta get the helicopter out without anyone notice and the the neat thing is you so you take them to these cia black sites and then they disappear forever um and that's sort of the thing you get a score based on how quickly you can do it um you can shoot any of the civilians and they explode like very realistically it's the graphics look insane just incredible now I thought this was fun. One problem I had with it, too many CIA black sites around the world. So it was a bit too easy. Um, mm. But otherwise, shooting felt great. Um, I, I, I just thought it was really interesting. The controls were just really tight, snappy. Uh, seemed like a ton of content in it. Uh, great online features. And it's Ubisoft, so you know they're going to support it for a long time. What, what did you think when you saw that one? Extraordinary rendition. ER. Um, yeah. <laughs> T T C E R Tekker. Tekker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I I had similar thoughts. It reminded me quite a lot of games like uh, Theme Park, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Um, you know where uh, I I like the sort of options that you get to kind of upgrade your black site. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I mean I I play tested it for about an hour, uh, and by the end my 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 CIA black site had uh, had a burger stall. It had uh, clowns. Uh, it had mm. uh, a booking bronco um, and and a log flume. And I I just I like it. I like that sort of world building. I like that kind of customizable element. Um, and when I finished playing it, I, I turned to one of the developers and. Um, I asked him, you know, so what was, you know, what was your inspiration behind making this game? And and mm. he just he just he just instantly bit into a capsule of cyanide and said, I, I can't do this anymore, and and dropped dead. And I, you know, that that I think will have to, you know, have left an impression on me. Yeah, that was interesting. I was, I had the, a similar kind of thing happened uh, when when I was being shown it as well, but it was behind closed doors, so. I, I just quietly left the room because it was just mm. the two of us. It was a bit awkward. Um, but I think sort of what had the, the greater effect on me was when, when Eve Gimo was, was on the stage and he was introducing uh, TCER to Kerr, Tecker. And uh, when he was up there and he was talking about this stuff about, you know, and I think this is really kind of magical um, when he was talking about how these games are kind of, the Ubisoft thing now is is they want to have these worlds that you can kind of escape mm. to 
and that are just sort of just fun first kind of design and you can see that with the co-op in this game i think it's super fun how i can be on a headset mic with you know <laughs> uh with with my my uncle who's uh actively deployed um and in, in places I'm not allowed to talk about it. and and he sort of like we talk to each other about just sort of family things you know updates on on how my children Gordon Freeman Link Zelda um, uh, soap from Call of Duty <laughs> um, and uh, and and Warlock from Destiny my children are doing um, but we kind of get to role play a little bit too because he knows a lot of these terms because he's you know he's a veteran and so he tells me not a veteran he's still in the service um he tells me these things about like you know how to how to yell at them the right way how to scream in someone's ear as as you're abducting them and i think that's really fun to kind of role play that kind of stuff it's like they were doing remember they were doing on the ubisoft stage show when they when they'd be like shut your fucking mouth no one will ever see you again yeah and and the person's you know the npc is kind of like because sometimes they had that meter that fills up where it's like you know resist the horror that kind of mm. goes up and then you can mm. scream into the mic and it goes down a little bit. So I don't know when Eve was talking about how it's kind of bringing us all together. I thought that's true. That's fun. Mm. I, I can't wait to kind of get into this sort of thing. We had so much fun playing the uh, wildlands together. Um, and he would tell me stories. Oh my God. He would tell me stories. Cause he, remember he was anyway, he's older. I'm not allowed to repeat a lot of them, but he would tell me stories. And so it's great. I grew closer to him and that kind of <coughs> thing made an impression on me. I think it's great that we, can connect with our families and friends while sort of um, just getting that kind of entertainment, that fun, yeah. content-rich experience. Um, so, yeah, for me, 100%, best of show. Can't wait. Can't wait for when's, that one. When, I think, when's, uh, Q, that, when's that being released? Um, Q, uh, Q1. I, I think Q1 2020. Right, um, right, 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 but right, the, right, right, the, right, 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 right. I think they're having a beta pretty soon, so you and I can, we can play that together, and it'll be pretty good. I I I, 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 I thought it was very uh, astute of Ubisoft to time the release of Tekka on the uh, exact same day that the um, Incas predicted the collapse of human civilization. Um, I think that that yeah, was, that was, that that was, was strange true. because. It was strange because I didn't understand the reference that they were pulling from there. Um, You know, it it was an interesting uh, visual aesthetic, though, I'd have to say, to to have that kind of thing going on. Um, You know, when you were playing playing it, sorry, when you you know, when you were playtesting it. Mm -hmm. um, Did you did you notice uh, Eve Guillermo uh, watching you? through that curtain did you see his little face between the did you notice that <laughs> yeah but i didn't mind you know no I, normally I suppose, as a journalist well, i'd say this is because he's gnomish he's it's sort of mischievous look about it he's it's got that twinkle in his eye and we'd already yeah. seen him you know i felt sort of tender toward him because we had just seen him and and miyamoto's rolling around and and uh, spitting up on themselves and all of that so mm. you know I didn't mind. I didn't yeah. like that he was recording with that recorder, though. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> like. I didn't like the fact that he was recording it, and then through that, 
We, you know, you had that in the uh, now people who you know don't have a press pass. Um, I had a very, by the way, I had a very, a very special like backstage pass because not only was I allowed backstage to meet the developers, uh, I was then allowed to go and interview the developers' families, uh, the developers' friends, um, mm-hmm. and and uh, everyone who knows the developers. Basically, it was a very anyway. So. I didn't mind so much uh, Yves Guillermo poking his little face out from between those two long velvet red curtains, and I I I I, I was still fairly calm when he produced the the handheld DV camera. What made me a little nervous, I don't know if you noticed it, <clears throat> was um, was behind that little window that was in the playtesting booth was the uh, the the light the the sitting there was like four Japanese businessmen sitting down. Um, watching a watching a live feed of me on a on a television, mm-hmm. and that made that made me a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I the notes. I, I just I asked afterward if I could at least just look at the notes they were taking, but I, I was I was I wasn't allowed, which made me feel a little uncomfortable, uh, to be perfectly honest. Mm. <laughs> But still, blown away, blown away. Mm. Even mm. with the the deaths of the of the PR people, sort of uh, guiding us through the demo, it still mm. couldn't couldn't spoil it for me. No. Uh, I did want to give, I did want to give one, uh, <laughs> and I don't know if you got a chance because I took this appointment. I know you were sort of stuck. Uh, you had fallen backward on your head and were sort of in a, <laughs> in a handstand position because of the the weight of your of your apparatus. It, once I'm down, it's very hard to turn back over, almost like a sort of turtle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And no one there had really the upper body strength to kind of to right you again. And I, I felt bad because <laughs> I had to get to the appointment that that we had uh, for industry minute, and it was uh, it was Trump's brother came himself. Uh, from Zenimax uh, to show me the new Bethesda game, which I was really excited about, which was called Wolfenstein: Nazis Are Bad, and it was really cool. I felt really honored. It was uh, Todd Howard, and it was uh, uh, the, what's his name, Robert Trump, and they came from Zenimax and Bethesda, and they sat down with me, and they showed me this reel, and uh, 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 Robert Bob, I was calling him by the end. He got up in front of me and said, we all know killing Nazis is good. And then we all cheered. And yeah. he said, Nazis and everything they stand for are bad. And then we cheered and cheered and cheered for, for the Trump brother. Um, his name sounded so familiar, I couldn't remember why. And then he said, you know, white supremacy, bad. And we all cheered and everything. And then um, and we played the game, and it was super fun. Super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you played as, as a as a guy who started with a monologue and he said america has always been the best country in the world but now it's looking mighty bad because the nazis are here and i don't want to tell you too much about what happened but at the end of it you killed hitler which was hilarious um and then america it was good again and i thought that game was really i know we try not to talk about politics too much because politics business kind of don't mix together but um, that made an impression on me. I thought it was kind of bold. And I liked their Twitter account that just put uh, hashtag fuck Nazis over and over. Um, I thought that was really kind of bold and brave and maybe something we needed right now. Um, 
super interesting stuff. And I, I wish you could have, I, I wish I could have sort of, uh, found a way to make some sort of harness or something, kind of drag you and your, your apparatus in there to see it for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I was like, you know, I was upside down. Um, and my, my trousers is kind of like, with, with, you know, uh, bunched up around my waist. Um, and I was trying not to, well, I was trying not to innovate anywhere. Uh, but I did, I did hear the chants of, um, fuck Nazis, uh, and, and, and things mm -hmm. of that sort. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just really heartening to see, um, because I think what we need nowadays is, uh, to be completely distracted from, from reality and well you know, i to, think it, to... at least a hashtag we can all kind of get behind you know yeah exactly exactly i mean i don't know what nazis are um I, I i i'm assuming that they're they're some kind of is it like i so you've got i mean you've got bethesda are they some sort of market disruptor is it like a is it one of bethesda's I... competitors i wasn't clear I wasn't clear because they didn't spend a lot of time discussing. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. What, it doesn't matter. What exactly the, the about their? Yeah. Yeah. The fact is, we hate them, and that's yeah. So I I, I enjoyed it. Um, what from what I could hear. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, at the same time, yeah. I I was I was having that he, my my freelancer came and he, he sort of he came down from the and he kind of grabbed the ankles of my trousers and sort of pulled them back up so that you know it covered my socks and my ankles and then i just had him to sort of mm -hmm. hold them there so i could mm -hmm. sort of keep a bit of dignity so i was basically attached to the ceiling at that point um Mm -hmm. which was uh so i yeah i was sort of connected from the floor right up into the ceiling um and that's how I that's how I remain for the rest of the show. But I yeah. did I did I, I mean, did but... manage to I did manage to before that happened I did manage to partake in what I think is the defining event of this year's E3, uh, which was the riot. Um, right, so, right, 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 yeah, right, right. Do you remember? So there was a there was a. I mean, there's a, there's about maybe five to ten thousand people in attendance maybe um and on day a uh, day two of the show uh following a disagreement the the entire show floor broke out into a uh, a skirmish of sorts which then continued on you know and, and intensified over the next two two days yeah now yeah now i was i was in um i was sort of underneath a, a collapsed statue of of mario uh and, or no it was luigi actually it was luigi because i remember it was very green under there which was a little bit more soothing than if it was red i think it would have been more difficult it's quite alarming to yeah. get through and I, I yeah and i was sort of you know uh fetal position and kind of holding the vital organs uh safe you know i was keeping my my head my face tucked toward my chest uh, my knees kind of up and i was holding my my uh my stomach and, and genitals and nintendo switch uh sort of really kind of covering them in case anyone anyone came for me so i i remember bits i remember bits i remember the screams i remember the flames um mm. 
there was at one point I, f I thought it was raining but i think it was just blood that was because it, it was warm it was too warm for rain um mm. hard to remember exactly what happened but so i don't i didn't even know how it kicked off i was just enjoying my my uh my demo with with uh trump and todd howard so what and what happened i came is, out was that... and this was going on it was actually uh, a result of one of the games I mentioned earlier, which was Final uh, uh, Remake Fantasy Remastered. And mm. now, basically, in the trailer for Final Fantasy Remake, one of the characters who was a um, the ones that you know the ones that aren't men, what they're called? Oh, a uh, female. Yeah. So one of the characters. Whose name I think is Air 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 Jordans or Air France or something. She in the in the trailer for Remastered, her her fringe, the sort of the ponytails, the bangs that come out from the front of her head, were quite high, and then mm -hmm. they come down. So they sort of go up, and then <clears throat> and then descend. Okay, almost mm -hmm. like the sort of uh, eye stalks on maybe like a praying mantis. Okay, so they're sort of up and then. Right, uh, and and then in the trailer for remastered remake, remake remastered, the the height of the bangs was was uh, about two millimeters lower. Now we reported on this yeah. uh, at mm. at Nerd Swamp on uh, yeah the night of the of the second day. Uh, we we did a sort of screenshot next to screenshot comparison, and noted. Um, this this difference, and it caused a enormous amount of sectarian violence basically uh, throughout the next day because mm. on on the one on the one side you had a, a contingent of E3 attendees who uh, adamantly believed that the the hair should remain at its original height in the remaster, and then there was another contingent who. Um, believed you know otherwise that the hair should be adjusted for the remaster and they, and this led to to some of the most brutal and animalistic violence that i think i've ever witnessed uh, albeit you know uh, whilst i was upside down sort of dangling an inch and a half off of the floor um yeah well that, that may have protected you a little bit well, I think that um, I managed to. I think I managed to sort of successfully uh, uh, convince people that I was sort of like a, an ornament or a statue, or you know, a sculpture of some sort. Um, but you know, I was whilst I was in that position, I was obviously observing the the incidents that were occurring around me, and I, you know, I, I I'm I'm I, I'm regretful that. Um, I mean that the, we've still not got a final death count, but I, I know that it's in triple figures. I, I'm regretful that that had to happen, but at the same time, if E3 is not the place to get passionate about video right. games, where, where is? Right, and I think, yeah, I think it's it's sort of when the gamers gather together and we celebrate game gaming culture, and I think it's a great opportunity to sort of. You know, usually everyone has to conduct these kind of disagreements on Twitter or uh, in the comment section of articles and YouTube videos. But it was, I think, great that they got a chance to kind of do it, um, you know, to celebrate, to, to 
capture the culture and to let it result in the inevitable carnage that it's been leaning towards and, and it has always wanted to be I, th- I think that's I think that's a positive yeah. thing you know uh, obviously don't feel great for the um, uh, the families of, of those of those who died especially I saw you know this one image of it was uh, the, it was a giant uh, master chief that was 20 feet tall and he fell and then most people got out of the way but his, um, his <laughs> he had a, a, a needler uh, in one hand and there were I think six or seven people impaled on the uh, the neon purple spikes jutting in from the needler and, and <laughs> that, that image uh, has has kind of I don't know, that's unfortunate because Master Chief is a well I, yeah I mean I saw something similar because um, uh, th- you know there are escalators in the conference center and mm-hmm. um, a, a a large sort of uh, uh, platoon almost if you like of, of what at that point would be we're calling themselves the low hairs as opposed to the high hairs uh, a large mm. contingent of them were, were trying to sort of climb the escalator when uh, a, a collective of high hairs appeared at the top uh, and they'd been to the sort of Nintendo uh, sector of the conference hall and detached the, the, the enormous figurine they had there of uh, Kirby and they mm-hmm. just it just appeared at the top of this escalator, you know, like a like the the rising sun, and they just pushed it down the escalator, and it just it just flattened all of these people, um, yeah. and it was it was ever so strange because because every <laughs> time it every time it went over one of them, there was a little noise like mm, 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 like that, a sort of, <laughs> and then little coins popped out of them, and it was. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, it was absolutely fucking traumatizing. Yeah, and you're so used to. I mean, I grew up as as we all did playing my Game Boy, and you know, Kirby sucks in all the other enemies, and he spits them out, and he takes their powers and stuff. And that's sort of his image is that that circular <laughs> mouth, and to see that mouth sort of filled with just uh, viscera, <laughs> of human viscera, just leaking out of it, the sh- shraps of you know flesh and and organs and hair and eyeballs and just blood 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 <laughs> everywhere i think was i think nintendo is going to have to do quite a bit of work to kind of rescue the ip from from that i i know uh phil spencer already said that we're not going to have the needler in halo mm. infinite uh out of respect for the victims but nintendo that's going to be a tough one i think to come back mm. from and it's, I mean, what do you think is going to happen now? Because obviously uh, the, the Los Angeles Conference Center is, is still uh, occupied by these two groups and uh, surrounded by police in, in what the newspapers are calling um, the, the, the biggest siege since Waco. Um, and everyone is just kind of holding their breath to see what happens. Now, th- there are rumors emerging from the E3 show floor that one of the leaders of um the the low hair side is um is phil spencer himself uh there there was a Mm, photograph mm. released of him in a in a sort of olive green uh jumpsuit with the sleeves rolled up uh, a a beret uh sunglasses and a a cigar um sort of sitting Mm. on a on a, a almost a throne that was um uh fashioned out of a um, Turtle Beach gamer chair, and um, and 
yeah, people are people are, are concerned that he's organising a sort of armed insurrection now um, that might eventually uh, expand out of the Los Angeles Exposition Center and uh, attempt to occupy a, a, a greater area of land around there, uh, forming a forming a kind of forming a kind of republic, if you will. Well, that's that's obviously a concern. And I think, you know, when uh, Tetsuyo Nomura, uh, creator of Final Fantasy VII, I think he, as much as he's kind of hidden from the spotlight since, and, you know, fair play to him to a certain extent, he, he did watch um, he, he did watch the immolation of, of 99 people representing the 99 pixel distance between a higher and lower bang uh, placement. Uh, in front of him and and i think he's having a a hard time with that but you know he does have to answer he did take the the square enix stage uh roll the video stop it right before the the new hair was revealed and uh you remember he had that sort of that large crushed velvet hat with the feather on it Mm. and uh and and that sort of uh, black robe and he nailed up very dramatically uh the the 99 point um uh theses I think he called them of, of the hair mm. direction and, and he just turned and left, you know, and, and there were uh, the Swiss guards sort of chasing after him and, and, and he left and he, he left it there and then let the trailer keep rolling, showing exactly what he meant. So mm. I think if he came back now and, and perhaps sat with, with Spencer and, and maybe they found some common ground, um, mm. you know, maybe I think something like, regardless of, of what you think of the hair decision, as long as the game gets at least uh, at least a 7 out of 10, 8 mm. out of 10 preferably, because of just the quality of the visuals of that then, hair. Yeah, then, pe- um, then people are going to be able to, on both sides. Yeah, they might be able to find some sort of... Might, maybe a treaty can be signed there. Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I guess that's it for this year. It's a big year. Big year, exciting. Big, big I think twenty twenty is gonna look. If if the convention center can be rebuilt and and the bodies all accounted for, I think twenty twenty. Regardless, twenty twenty is gonna be great. Um, yeah. Q four is looking exceptional. Um, certainly exciting. It's always exciting, yeah. isn't it? It is always exciting. You can just I mean, feel I'm, the... you can. I'm, I'm, I was glad that this year we had more original IP and uh fewer casualties and i'm hoping that that will continue into next year as well um yeah i hope so i hope so too so i think maybe that's a, a as good a place as any to wrap up the uh our e3 coverage um now we did have one extra little thing here we want to tack on uh when we were in los angeles sort of before uh the first screams um we you know as we do we we met with some of our development friends um and and we want to hear about how things were going and and what was going on inside their studios and so we uh had some recordings from them that that they sent us and so i think ed i think we have a few of those now we've we've altered the voices uh of, of these contacts in order to make sure that they can stay anonymous um that's very important to us that we not burn our sources on on any of these things we're journalists this is this of all things is not fun nor game um it's about games 
sorry, I don't want to be confusing. So we've altered their voices. We will not be saying, you know, the names of their studios uh, in, unless they supply them. Um, we will we will allow them complete complete anonymity. Um, and and I know that we we made some great contacts. I think they might be they might be getting in touch with us in future. And so hopefully we can bring you some more of these sort of, uh, uh, we, we give you the inside pass to, to the business of fun. These people are going to give you the inside pass to the, uh, the, the fun making, you know, mm. inside the imaginarium, if you will. So we'll, we'll sign off for now and we'll leave you with, um, we'll leave you with a few of those and, uh, happy E3, Ed. Happy E3, Reese. Around 2010, 2011, Sony got in touch with my studio and they wanted us to make a game for their upcoming PlayStation Vita platform. We were excited for the opportunity. We were a small studio, but we were gung-ho and, and ready for the challenge. They told us they wanted a game that would take advantage of the unique touchscreen features on the PlayStation Vita. So we sat around and we brainstormed and we came up with a game that we thought would be good. It was about petting dogs. You could you could just touch the screen and you could pet the dogs. It was a little bit of a uh, gentle riff on Nintendogs, but we thought that would be okay because we were we were we were innovating in our own way. So we made the game. Uh, we called it Dog Pets. Um, we called it Dog Pets 20, 2012, which was the year after it was releasing. We were a bit optimistic about. It. The, the beginning of, of sequels of a whole a whole series of these games so we made dog pets 20 2012 and we released it um we got a phone call though about 10 weeks later and the game had come out on the market it was ready to eat for everyone but unbeknownst to us a, a trickster intern who we uh we, we paid very generously had decided to insert uh, sort of a, a back-end code that, that didn't didn't get picked up by Q&A. And if you pet the dogs too much, it would <coughs> wear away their fur in the hyper-realistic detail of the PlayStation Vita, which offered a level of, of graphical power never before seen on a Nintendo 3DS or a PlayStation portable PSP system. So when you rub the dog, it very realistically uh, shed its fur down to its skin. It was sort of goose-pimpled and white. And if you continued uh, using the touchscreen at that point, petting the dog's skin, the skin would wear away to, to muscle and, and fat. And if you continued from that point, you would see the white of bone. And if you continued beyond that, uh, the screen went black and a simple message popped up that just said, God is a lie so we were in a bit of hot water about that and and uh and and dog pets 2013 never came to be unfortunately bosses at game studios are often very eager to be perceived as employee friendly and mindful of employee needs uh, they're also very eager to be perceived as cool and different and not like a conventional workplace boss. So we, at one of my former employers, uh, which will remain nameless, we were encouraged every week to submit employee feedback forms and make requests about what we would like to maybe change about the workplace. Um, 
And one of the things that often was cited on these forms was essentially that we wanted access to more just snacks and drinks throughout the day. Uh, we had a little kitchenette with, you know, a, a coffee percolator, um, but we wanted, you know, maybe a vending machine in the office. Now, our boss, who is or has gone on to be a very famous video game executive, uh, he took this extremely to heart, and so eager was he to be perceived as a sort of cool and different and very accommodating boss that he purchased um, uh, a drinks vending machine and a snacks vending machine for every single employee in the company. Now this was a company of about 300 people so we ended up with um, you know 600 vending machines in this office space uh, and they arrived overnight and we I can remember walking in you know ready to start the day's work and sitting down at my desk and looking up and there were two gigantic sort of presents uh, and I, you know, I, would, I sort of unlaced the bows and pulled off the paper and there was a fully functional pair of vending machines on my desk which was a nice thought but obviously it made it very difficult to work and as a result uh, the game that we were developing at the time ran over by seven months uh, and when it came out, all the critics said it was shit. So the company ended up shutting down after that. Um, and I think that the, the vending machines were sold to uh, a Japanese telecommunications firm.